The scripture this morning is from the gospel, so if you could please stand if you're able. It's from the ninth chapter. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying, It is he. Others were saying, No. But it is someone like him. He kept saying, I am the man. But they kept asking him, Then how were your eyes opened? He answered them, The man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes, and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. Then I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, Where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also began to ask him how he had received his sight. He said to them, He put mud on my eyes. Then I washed and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not observe the Sabbath. But others said, How can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? And they were divided. So they said again to the blind man, What do you say about him? It was your eyes he opened. He said, He is a prophet. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and our redeemer. I'd like to start off kind of giving you the bones of another story. See if you figure out what story this is. There is a man who was under a curse, and the whole town village believed that that curse came from either him or from his family. They didn't know exactly who the curse was from, but they knew that this man was disabled because of it, and he was hideous because of it, so they stayed away. And this man didn't interact with the village the way he was supposed to because his infirmity showed. So they treated him differently. And then someone came one day and they saw beyond the infirmity. They showed this man love. And they also showed this man that he could get better if he followed the path of love instead of the path of anger and pain and hurt. And when he followed that path of love, he got better. Interactive. What story did I just tell you? Beauty and the Beast. So when you see the teapot singing and it says it's a story old as time, did you recognize it from John? Here is a man that is blind and nobody wants to interact with him because he had to be a sinner. Otherwise, God wouldn't have given him that horrible disfiguration. He wouldn't be blind. He wouldn't have to be a beggar because he can't get a job because he's blind because, of course, he's a sinner or his family's a sinner. Something is wrong Otherwise, God wouldn't have made him blind from birth. So we don't really want to touch him because if we touch him, then we'll be unclean. And we don't want to be unclean because then we can't go into temple. So we'll throw a couple of coins his way. And then we'll stand in the middle of the court and say how merciful we are. And that we've done our mitzvah for the day and we've given. And we'll just throw things at him. And we'll expect God to take care of him because we're not sinners, because we've got our eyes, and we've got our arms, and we've got our family, so we're so much better than that guy is. And then Jesus comes along and blows the whole thing out of the water. 
Not only does he cure the guy, but he cures the guy on the day that we celebrate God. Who knew you could do that? Why would you go and do a miracle on the day that we celebrate God? I mean, he actually needed the mud, and that was what broke the Sabbath law, was when he needed the mud. You can't knead on the Sabbath because that's work. Putting the mud on his face was okay. Washing it off was okay, but it was the kneading the mud that was the problem. So that's how he broke it. So you had to know that Jesus knew what he was doing. Because if he just went down and grabbed mud and threw it on his face, it would have been okay. But the fact that he was down there kneading, he knew he was breaking the law. He was like that kid that you have that you say, don't touch that. And they're like, I'm not touching it. I'm not touching it. Oh, you knew he knew that, you know. So he got down there, and he gave him the mud, and then he told him, now, that's only one part of this. Second part is on your own. You go and you wash your eyes at the pool of Siloam. Hands off. So the man would have never been healed if he hadn't done something for himself. Jesus didn't drag him. Jesus didn't say, I'm going to do it all for you. I'm going to carry you on my back to the pool of Siloam. I'm going to put you in the pool. I'm going to wash your eyes. He said, no, I've done my part. Now, it's your turn to actually follow through. You say you're a man of faith. Follow through. Go and do the pool. Wash it off like I told you to do. But it was a testament of his faith that he didn't look at Jesus Okay, I'm sorry, didn't look at Jesus. Didn't face Jesus and say, you are whacked. Why do you have mud on my face? Really? Wasn't my lot bad enough that I'm sitting in the dirt day after day? Now you decided to rub mud on my face after you spit in it, which is really gross. And now you're going to tell me to walk all over, all the way over to the pool of Siloam, get in there, rub this off on my face, and you tend, you're going to tell me that I'm going to be healed. Why should I believe you? Why should he believe him? He didn't even know him. But he went and he did it. And his day got really bad after that. Because he comes out and he's healed. And people don't recognize him. Nobody, right? They're like, that can't be the same guy. He doesn't look the same. Does he look the same as you? I don't know. Are you sure he was a blind man? I don't know. Are you? Can you imagine, you walk up to Donna and you're like, Donna, no, Donna. You know, she looked different before. Maybe it was because she was huddled on the ground, not looking at you. But now I'm not sure. And Donna has to keep saying, I'm Donna. And you're like, no, 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 I don't know. This side of the room's not sure. Are you really Donna? And she's like, hello, I'm Donna. Because now that her eyes are open, she looks different. When we're in the Sermon Shaper series, which once more I will plug, it is great. Come and join it at 2 o'clock in the dining room. Wasn't it fun? Nobody there was a theologian. We just had fun. But during that time, we were talking about how it wasn't only the blind man's eyes that were open. It was everybody in the town's eyes that were open because suddenly they saw that man. Suddenly they were seeing somebody that they had literally walked past a million times and treated him like he was just part of the road or part of the debris on the side of the road. And suddenly the blind man became a human being. So it wasn't just the blind man's eyes that were open. It was all of the community's eyes that were open. 
And suddenly they realize, wow, we weren't treating that guy right. So he couldn't really be the person that was that way because if we were treating this man now, suddenly he looks really respectable and nice and clean. I couldn't have been mean to somebody that now I can look at and respect because that would make me less of a person. So that can't be the same person. I can only be mean and dismissive to somebody that deserves my dismissal, somebody that still huddles on the ground and isn't worth my time. Then I can feel good about myself because they're, they're less than me. But when that person suddenly gets up and can clean off and can look you straight in the eye and you realize you're no better than they are, your eyes are opened. So it's funny that the villagers kept asking the guy, are you truly the blind guy? Really, are you? Like he was going to say, I'm not sure. You know, I got to think about it. I'm really not sure about that. So part of the discussion that we had is, now in this day and age, do we ever have anybody that we think of as their disease instead of them? And what we talked about especially mental illness, is we kind of look through a lens of disease for them. Oh, that person's bipolar, so it becomes bipolar Betty. Or, well, that person's depressed, so they become depressed D. Or that polar attempted suicide, so that person becomes suicide Sally. We kind of hook that together. And they become that for quite a long time. We don't do that with everything else. We don't call, if you've got the common cold, you don't become cold Carol. You know, or if you've got the flu, it's not flu Freddy. But that, that stigma of mental health kind of hangs on you. And you got to kind of prove that you're not. Coming back from depression is hard. So very hard. When you finally get it, under control and you finally get those meds balanced, you still have everybody coming up to you going, are you okay? I, I know you were sad for a long, long time. One way of doing that is finally talking to Eric and saying, it's time to go to a new church. Because if one more person comes up to me and says, Dee, are your meds working? I'm going to lose it. <clears throat> When you have a mental illness, you get very described. And you know what? I'm going to tell you now. This is going to be shocking. Hang on to your seats. If you have depression and you're under control, there are days you are still depressed. There are days that are bad and you're sad and things are bad. Even if everything is under control because real people that aren't depressed have bad days too. So it's not always a backsliding day, it's just a day. But when you walk down the streets, especially in downtown Rockford, or you walk down the streets in downtown Chicago, and you see those homeless people, very much like the beggar in this story, you don't see a person struggling, you see a thing, don't you? We can so much see, especially if somebody is lost in whatever psychosis they might be lost in, and they're mumbling to themselves or they're mumbling to other people and they haven't washed for a long time and 
I've talked to you about the smell of not changing underwear and socks. That gives many um, homeless people that distinctive odor that we don't like. You can very easily name them not as a person, but name them as a malady. And it's so easy to keep your eyes closed and keep walking. And that's what Christ did. He walked up to somebody and he said, I will open your eyes. And when he opened the eyes of this blind man, he also forced the community to open their eyes and to see the man as something more than his disability. That's something that we need to do so much in this time. We talk about fixing the homeless population and how can we house them better. And in Rockford, I got to tell you, the Rockford Rescue Mission knocks my socks off. What a wonderful, wonderful mission that you have. And the Remedies um, Housing uh, Mission, amazing. But I also have to tell you that mental health care for adults in Rockford is hideous. So you've got people that are hurting you really have people that are hurting. So how are we going to help? That's something we've got to talk about. How are we going to help? How do we help get this past, oh, I'm sorry that you're a vet and you came home hurt. So you dove into whatever psychosis you're in and now we've got to work to get you out of it. But that's way too big of a problem for me. How do we look past that crazy person that's talking to themselves on the corner and we don't want to get hurt, so we just kind of go past that? How do we help when we don't know how to do it? It's hard. One way to help, and it sounds Pollyanna-ish, but it's true. One way to help is what we're going to be doing. Rockford Mission Team. Rockford Mission Team is going to go into these communities that need our help. And we're not just going to hit and miss. Okay, we fixed your windows and we're out. We're going to say, where are other problems that we can help with? And how do, we, how do we interact with you? And what more do we need? And where can we connect? It's a way of actually getting into communities and not just seeing the surface problems, but going deeper. And the first house that we work with is not going to create the world is coming together and ah, everything is perfect. But it is those little steps of we're getting deeper and deeper into the community and working with those problems so that we can start making that mud and we can start moving forward so that we can help put it on. And then the people that we put that mud on then we can say, now you start moving forward and you take those steps to help yourself. Don't we always get irritated that, well, you just throw money at a problem, but they don't even help fix it themselves. Well, that's exactly what this miracle that Christ is showing us, is that we have to go there and we have to find these people that need our help and we have to help them open their eyes and get healed that way. But they also have to walk with us. So we are the people that are going to be coming in. And we are the people that are going to be kneading that mud. And we are the people that are going to be helping them by putting that mud up. And then we are going to be talking to them. And we are going to be finding out in which ways they need to be assisted. And then we are going to be the person to say, okay, now we need you to walk to this 
pool that's called scent so that you can start moving in the direction you need to go. And we're going to help you move in that direction. And then like the blind man who doesn't do major events, but he comes back into the city and he goes, yeah, that guy's a prophet. Listen to him. So that the next time we move into the area, we can have a better dialogue with somebody else. And they can talk to somebody else, the people that we helped. And maybe we can start the ball rolling. Where people are actually stepping up and saying, okay, how can we help? And interacting with us and how can we help? And maybe they'll say, we have a friend here that needs help. And we can bring some of our resources to help that person. That's how we start opening our eyes, where the Holy Spirit moves us into our community and we say, how do we help? Because it seems like there's so much hurt in the world. There's not enough mud to cover it. So we have to take one hurt at a time. And we have to help that. And then they have to help us help others. And we also have to help them move along to help themselves, just like Christ taught us to do. And as they're moving along, then they bring others with them and they say, this is the way to do it. Because I was told by people that believe in Jesus Christ that we can be whole again. My eyes were open. My eyes were open that there are people that love us in this community. My eyes were open that there are people that will reach out and help us. My eyes were open that they're not just do-gooders walking into my neighborhood and slapping something together and then walking out as fast as they can because they're afraid of me and my neighbors. My eyes are open that they truly want a relationship with me, but they don't think they have to do everything for me. Because they believe what their Lord said, and that is, as I am a person, and as a person, then I am going to move forward on my own, because I have been sent also by the Holy Spirit into the world to make more disciples, to save more people, to open more eyes, to create justice in this world, to heal others in this world. And this can start with one work project in one neighborhood. We're not going to heal the world in one time, but we are going to make one step in the right direction. We're going to start spitting on the ground and making mud. We're going to start working towards that wonderful time where we can say, hey, we've made friends in this community. Our eyes have been opened of what we're seeing. We're not seeing at them anymore. We're seeing in us. We're not seeing a bad neighborhood. We're seeing a neighborhood in pain. We're not seeing something that we're going to drive around instead of driving through. We're seeing friends that we need to help make a better world for. We're seeing our neighbors. They're seeing us as neighbors. Christ called us to love our neighbors as ourselves. And that's exactly what we're going to do. And let the people say... Amen.